Hi, I'm Brian Levy. I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. Um, today we're covering It's Time. We'll get to that. But right now we're going to go to the new and noteworthy. You think I'm your dad? Who are you? I don't know. So what am I doing that's freaking you out? Calling me dad is freaking me out. Me calling you dad is freaking you out? Uh-huh. Why? <coughs> because I don't think I'm your dad. Who are you? I don't know. I, I'm obviously somebody. You're somebody to me, I feel. Yes, I think we are too because I have feelings for you. Yeah. There are feelings. There are, I know this girl, this lady. Mm-hmm. She is important to me. As long as you feel safe around me and you know that I love you and you love me, that's okay. I do feel that way. Okay. In my mind and in my heart, you're my dad. But if you'd like me to call you something else, I will, if it makes you more comfortable. How about I'll just call you Scott then? And you call me Bailey. Okay. Deal? How does how do you feel with that? Does that hurt? That hurt doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I love you, Scott. I love you too. We're we're family. Pretty impactful. It is so important to learn how to talk to somebody with a diagnosis. Don't go at it alone. Today, I'm excited to have Christy Byerly and Lily Adrian as my guests on the show today to talk about It's Time. Christy, you have a lot of acronyms and letters and all kind of qualifications. Who are you and what do you do? Hi, I'm Christy Byerly and I have a LMSW behind my name, which is a licensed master level social worker. And then I also have an advanced um, certification in dementia care. Great, Lily. You've got a lot of acronyms after your name. I don't even know what all this is. Who are you and what do you do? I'm a grandmother first of all, okay. Um, I am an advanced grief facilitator and also a memory care specialist. Great. Thank you both for being here. All right, let's jump in. Um, Christy, how long have you been in the elder care industry? I have been in this industry 20 years this month. Wonderful. (laughs) Lily, how long have you been doing this? Over 30 years. Lily, as that clip showed, communication is key. How does somebody learn how to communicate with somebody with a diagnosis like Alzheimer's or dementia? First of all, with dignity and respect. Remember that um, they are still there. Um, We've got to find their sweet spot and uh, we've got to know who they are and where their hands have been in life so that we can communicate with them. Because if you don't know them, you can't communicate with them really. Sure. Christy, it's emotional in communicating with somebody with a diagnosis like that. How do you keep that in check? Um, you have to, the care as a caregiver, or you would have to have an outlet yourself so that you have somewhere to, whether it's a therapist or a friend or a spouse, uh, somewhere to be able to to get your frustrations out and your your heartbreak and your sadness and all of the emotions that you go through when you're going through this. Lily, what do you do to keep those emotions in check? Mm. As a child or even as a wife or a husband, um, just remembering it's a journey that you didn't plan on walking through, but it's part of the commitment of the relationship. And so walking through it with them, again, going back to dignity and respect and knowing that they're still uh, uh, there. Great. Christy, when is it time to start the discussion with your loved ones? I mean, you know, it's time now. Now, now. it doesn't, I mean, you know, 
it doesn't matter what age you are or what age your parents are. It's always good to at least start that conversation. So when the time does come, when it gets tougher, you've already set a baseline for that. Um, that way you can talk about uh, financial power of attorney, medical power of attorney. Go ahead and get that set up. So when a crisis does hit, you're not having to scramble for that as well. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. You want to add Absolutely. That? Yeah. Plan ahead. Um, make sure you know where their stuff is. Um, Define stuff. Stuff, you know, legal documents and um, passwords. Passwords, absolutely, because uh, they change a lot. <laughs> but make sure you know what their wishes are. Make sure you know what is it that they want, mm -hmm. because that's vital to their care. Sure. When they can still tell you that, let them be a part of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let them be a part of it. So, what do you do when budget's an issue? Mm -hmm. Budget is always an issue, yeah. um, whether it's, you know, the the minimum or the maximum, it's always a concern. So um, luckily when, you know, you work with families, work with senior living specialists, um, we can find what is going to be in that budget range, uh, whether it's, you know, going to be a shared room at a smaller residential care home or the fanciest memory care. We, you know, we can help find something within that budget also based on what the, the patient needs. Got it. Lily, how do you know when it is time? What do you watch for in our loved one's lifestyles? What changes are we looking for? And then how do we address that? I think sometimes it's through a doctor's appointment. Maybe a doctor has noticed subtle changes and from a, the previous visit till now. Um, I think we as children, if we're involved in our family's life and our mother and father's life, then we're gonna see changes. Maybe there's been more falls. Maybe they're forgetting their keys more often or where they are. More dense in the car. More, more dense in the car, yeah. I think we just watch their daily lifestyles change. Mm -hmm. And as we're noticing those changes, as Christy said, you know, at that time, then we start getting them involved in a dialogue as to, you know, Tell me what, what's going on, mom, I noticed this, I noticed that. What do you think some things would be that we could help make life easier for you each and every day? Sure, and when those choices are made or those decisions are made or discussed prior to a diagnosis and they say, hey, if you know, ever I get dementia or if anything ever happens, these are my wishes. And now it's time to have that conversation that we've had before. What do you tell them, Christy? I say you start by looking out for like the red flags, like you said, if there's um, a wonder, if anyone's wondering or getting agitated or you know, little things too, like the keys, then I would definitely um, have a medical professional um, be involved in that conversation because you don't want a the adult, the adult going through it to get angry at the children when they are literally trying to help. Um, and that happens very, very often where mm -hmm. they do get frustrated. So, um, so involve someone that the, uh, the elder respects lawyer, doctor, financial advisor, mm -hmm. clergy, someone that is a third party, not a, a family third member. Party, yes. And, and knowledgeable on, on the subject. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a doctor is really good at asking those questions, especially a neurologist. If they're seeing a neurologist, you know, some of them even have social workers on staff. What, what we want to avoid is, and this is what a lot of times happens, is there's a crisis. There's a fall, and then it's like, oh, yeah, dad's 
had dementia for you know six months and we've been knowing we need to get somewhere but now you're in rehab and now you have to find you have two weeks to find where you're gonna go it just adds so much more pressure so the sooner that those conversations can happen uh, the sooner you have a plan in place and not have to have that additional stress sure. when it is time and then and then the adult child has so much guilt involved yes. with the conversation what do you Absolutely. do with um, and, and I always tell my families, you know, you can take just about any trip that you want. And this is vacation time, right? right? But we don't want you taking a guilt trip. Because what you're doing right now is showing your loved one that you love them more than anything else. Um, and I think that as long as we keep that as our focus, that they are our parents, they are grieving, and if they are in the beginning stage of any form of dementia, they recognize that there are changes taking place. Mm -hmm. And so we need to help them walk through that grief process. That's interesting. You call it a grief process. Absolutely. It's not just a journey. No, it's a, it's a it's loss. Grief. It's, it's a, a loss. huge loss. It's yeah. a huge loss. Yeah. Um, when the family doesn't believe that care is needed, and as professionals, and we do, how do we guide them? How do we bring them into the conversation without trying to be bossy or a know-it-all, but hey, it's time. What do you, um, what do you say about that? That's a tough question, Brian. It is. It's a very think tough about question. The, the answers, how you would address someone in my position when uh, the adult child says, Brian, cancel service, we're good. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, mom's driving, um, hit two curbs and uh, uh, another car and uh, I fell. Gonna, I think you're going to have to have documentation to be mm -hmm. able to back up why you feel like she still needs services. Documentation yeah. could include field notes. Hey, this week alone, mom right. hit two curbs. Right. She fell twice and cannot remember where her meds are. And I think before you approach a family member about something like this, you need to make sure that you've got notes from a doctor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, documentation of what's been taking place within the home and what the caregiver is seeing. Um, and it's not going to be so much about convincing them. It's going to be showing them. Yeah. Actually showing them why the services are needed. The data. Right. The data. Yeah. Um, you know, and there again, you know, you've got to respect the, the children too. Uh, but your focus is not the children. Your focus is the care that you've been providing that you still see needs to be sure. provided. And then at that point, use the data to say, okay, yes, these absolutely. things have happened in this week alone. I think it's time to consider private duty, assisted living, right. maybe uh, a little bit more care. And then after that, the, the family gets to make the decision. Of course. You know. Of course. Yeah. Unless it becomes a safety issue. Like a lot of the families that I help are coming from a rehab or hospital. Oh, yeah. And so if it's like a completely unsafe discharge and they're not gonna provide care, I mean, sometimes adult protective services has to be called for the 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 patient. Absolutely. If the family's not providing care and you know, no one wants to do that, but sometimes it's what's needed and it's what's best for that person. So especially if you have the backup and the documentation that yes. that's what's needed. Sure. And if they're at rehab yeah. or somewhere, they have all that documentation Absolutely. from the doctors and you Absolutely. have that whole team telling the family, which is helpful that it comes from not just one person. You've got the therapist Absolutely. and the doctor. The whole team on board. Yes. Right, exactly. right, right, right. Exactly. And I think it's important to, to, to say there's a, there's a place for everyone. Mm -hmm. Whatever your budget is, you're not alone. You're not going to be right. on the streets. Um, whether it's Medicaid, Medicare, private pay, long-term care insurance, there's a place for, for everyone. Mm -hmm.
Right. Yeah. Exactly. Christy, so, what haven't I asked you that I should? Okay. I think that one very critical point is when it is a crisis situation, how stressful it is also having to find a place for your loved one to live. You're already dealing with so much. Um, so the earlier you can plan, the earlier you can have those conversations, the easier those conversations get every time. Yeah. Um, they're never going to be easy. You're never going to get over the guilt. It, it's, it's horrible. It's part of the process. It's a part of the process. Yeah. And it's showing your family that you love them. Just like you said, it's, it's so hard, but it's, Sometimes it's time. Got it. What haven't I asked you that I should? Brian, I think that one of the things we don't think about is the job of being a family caregiver is not a job we apply for. Mm -hmm. It's a job that's handed to us and we need to understand that grief is not just going on with the person that has just been diagnosed, but grief is going on with the family member too. And so we need to be sensitive to the grief that they're going through and um, this new job that they've been handed as um, a, a child taking care of their loved one now. Yeah, that's great. And yeah. I think I tell a lot of the families that I work with that having being taken on that responsibility, it is like having a, a newborn child or a child. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of someone else properly. Mm -hmm. And it is so hard to take care of yourself when you're stressed and you know, lots going on, but try to find just a few minutes every day just for yourself because sure. that really can make a difference in your mindset. Great point, thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the nugget portion of the program. I saw this image at a, at a conference recently and wanted to share it with the audience. Could you just put this up? Oh, wow. I love that. It's a mindset. It is definitely a mindset. So yeah. it's a great image. All right, let's move on to the lightning round portion of this episode. This is an opportunity for viewers to get to know you guys personally and not clinically. So we're going to start with Christy and go with Lily. Where were you born and raised? Plano, Texas. Port Gibson, Mississippi. College and degree? Southwest Texas. Bachelor of Social Work, UT Arlington, Master's of Social Work. Lily. Southwest Baptist University, um, sociology and psychology major. Nice. Yeah. Christy, road trip or fly? Fly. Road trip. Still in touch with college friends? Yes. Yes. All right. Ever been arrested? No. No. <laughs> You'll say that so proudly. <laughs> Call or text? Text. Text. Bilingual? No. No. All right. Uh, eat alone at a restaurant? Yes. No. Uh, drive a stick shift? No. Yeah iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. Duh. Ever run out of gas on the road? No. Yes. Shocker. Karaoke, yes or no? No. Absolutely no. <laughs> Who's your industry mentor? Stacy was well, Stacy Reed. She's passed, but Stacy Reed. Huh, Tipa Snow. Beautiful. Mm, yeah. Nice. Number one skill set you need in your position in elder care? Compassion. Absolutely compassion. I agree with Christy. That's yeah. nice. Okay. Christy, proudest career accomplishment? Getting positive families feedback afterwards. Beautiful. Um, seeing caregivers have a passion that they didn't have before they walk into a class that I'm teaching. Nice. Love it. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys both for being here. I appreciate your expertise and your knowledge and your guidance. I'm going to put up the URL for both of your companies on the screen. So if viewers want to reach out to you, they can find you on your websites. 
Um, thank you for watching today. If you want to see this episode again or past episodes, you can dial us up on the ManchesterLivingPodcast.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or wherever else you get your social media. Thanks for watching today.